0: Hey, Lurid listeners, welcome back to the Kiss Me Quick's Erotica podcast. This is your favorite sexy librarian, Rose Caraway. I've got an excellent story for you guys today. One that's definitely going to get those panties all wet uh, if you wear them. I don't. Maybe it'll get your jeans wet. Definitely. Um, let's see. I've got some announcements. I've got some news. I've got some good stuff coming. First and foremost... Um, I gotta say, I I did the most bravest thing, one of the most bravest things. I think going into the cage was probably the bravest thing, but... I did. You're gonna have to expound on what
1: cage is. <laughs> I went
0: into a cage. I wasn't a go-go dancer. I was a fighter, an MNA, MMA, an MMA fighter an, once.
1: An MM fighter. <laughs>
0: an MM fighter. <laughs> I love my chocolate. I like to beat it into submission. Um, no, I got to stand up on a stage in front of 300 plus people at. Body storytelling in San Francisco about two weeks ago. Uh, Dixie De La Tour, she is the curator. She is the phenom behind body storytelling. And body storytelling, you guys, is all about true sex stories. So I got up on stage and told about my number one fantasy. Um, it, like it, Even right now makes me a little... That's a little embarrassing, but I shared a fantasy um, about... It
1: was more than a fantasy. I know. Well,
0: (laughs) the video will be available soon, (laughs) and they'll get to watch it. Um, It starts with a fantasy that I had way back when with... Conan the Barbarian and my wanting to be Grace Jones. Um, and then it just sort of evolved into something that happened between me and Big Daddy. So <laughs> and let's just say our our sexy recording booth. Um, so it was a great time. There were a ton of people. I was nervous as hell, but it was exhilarating and I'm still kind of living off of that high so um, whenever that video comes available I will announce it Uh, that's body storytelling if you guys want she's got a channel Dixie's got a channel on YouTube go ahead and go to YouTube and type in body storytelling subscribe because there's a ton of true stories being told there and they're hilarious also, Dixie De La Tour is going to be guesting over at the Sexy Librarians Blogcast, so I'll let you guys know when that date is set. It's going to be fun. Um, let's see, the Sexy Librarians Dirty Thirty Volume One audiobook has gotten another review. It is still, by the way, on Audible's erotica best selling list, which is awesome and. Um, You know, we obviously owe our many thanks to you, lured listeners, but we're getting a lot more listeners through Audible. So that's really cool. Um, This review is from somebody who subscribes to Audible and they found the show through an audiobook. So I want to read that review to you guys right now because it's awesome. It is by Robert. Exactly what I look for. Quality all around. That makes me swoon a little bit. Yes. (laughs) I love that you notice the quality. Uh, The stories are worthy of repeated listening to explore the details. (sighs) Well written, well voiced, great musical interludes and sound effects. That would be due to, you know, Big Daddy. He does a lot of fun. He has fun with those sound effects. Thank you for quality work. I am a new fan and I'm happy to have found your podcast. Free content on podcast. Let me know that this was worth the purchase. That's exactly right. And when you guys buy these or use your credits through Audible, when you get these audiobooks, all of that goes right back into the KMQ show. Um, That's what supports us in in keeping the lights and the microphone on. It's what helps keep the free erotic content coming. And, you know, you coming via that. So thank you to all Audible listeners who have found this show. Uh, I I really appreciate it so much.
1: Yeah, I love that that review is like a... It's a half review of an audiobook and a half review of the show itself in Audible. I think that's so awesome. Uh-huh. So it is. welcome, all Audible listeners. Thank you for...
0: Supporting for us. For supporting. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. We love it. Yep.
0: Nothing beats a review that helps, you know, say how sexy our jobs are.
1: <laughs> yeah. We can talk about it all day, but the people with the real power, that's you guys.
0: Are the reviewers. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I have got a call for submissions out. I've made an announcement about this before, but I want to make it again because the deadline is October 31st, so there is just over one month left. The anthology is titled Tonight She's Yours, and it's a cuckolding fantasies anthology, so if you want details, if you are a writer and want to submit something to me, go to the kissmequicks.com website, type, or... Click on that resources tab and then click on call for reviews and you can get all the hot little details there.
1: Uh, Call for submissions. What did I say? Reviews.
0: Oh, (laughs) I'd like to make a call for reviews. Uh, Every show is a call for reviews. (laughs) Yes, click on my resources tab and then click on call for submissions. Uh, and you'll get all the cuckolding details there. I do give a little bit of insight as to what cuckolding is, but there's a lot more than that. And there's a lot of video footage available to you, which I have also been lucky enough to delve into. It's fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is an underserved community, these folks, because this is like our, your number one story you've ever written.
0: Yeah, that's the number that one, one downloaded episode.
1: And we get emails too. Kumquats People saying, cream. I want more of this. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm about to bring it, babies. (laughs) Yes, Lured listeners spoke and I listened. Uh, So get your call for submissions details at the website. October is also bringing the biggest announcement yet. You guys, I am working on my absolute dream project. I cannot give you any details until October 1st. When I make that announcement, all I can say is that I want to do this every year, and I'm going to leave you with two hashtags, hashtag LZ and hashtag eight authors. So if you go to Twitter and you go to my Facebook page and just type in hashtag LZ or hashtag eight authors, you'll... Get some hints as to what this project is. Yeah,
1: you'll be—you'll still be mystified. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> ah, it's—it's—but it's, it's, it's going to be great.
0: <laughs> it is. I—I I, I wish I could say it now, but I can't. <laughs> Just know that it's going to be. it—it ah, it suits me well.
1: It's a work of passion. Yes. This one really, like everything we do, is a work of passion. But this one, <laughs> especially, is a work of passion. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: A lot of deliberate things will be happening with this one. All right, you guys ready for the actual, you know, entertainment part of the KMQ here? I have got a story today written by the amazing and talented Raziel Moore. Um, his story today is titled Close Enough, and... Um, This is Big Daddy's first major narration. I am not narrating this one. Big Daddy is. And I want to let you guys know that Big Daddy and Razil Moore are a match made in heaven. Seriously, those words in Big Daddy's voice get me wet. When I was listening to it today, like, I can't wait for this to come out. I'm like, I'm going to listen to it again. And then I'm going to... Um, (laughs) Fuck (laughs) you.
1: Holy crap. Oh, you're making me nervous. I get all this pressure.
0: No, you're going to make the ladies go, oh, God. You're probably going to get a few friendly female friend requests on Facebook. That's a lot of Fs. (laughs) Let's add some fucking in the middle of that. And it's going to be fabulous.
1: (laughs) I like Um, friendly females. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes yes uh you know I like moody erotica and I thought that you read it very well so i'm I'm very honored to to bring this show to lured listeners
1: thank you yeah I was I was nervous but excited and I had a great time doing it on uh, some, more than I expected I knew I'd enjoy it but I did enjoy doing it it was fun yeah,
0: and we'll talk more about your narrating
1: experience
0: over at the Sexy Librarian Blogcast.
1: Okay, we're well, gonna. I, I have some questions hello. about you about your body experience <laughs> no. because you know you mentioned MMA. Did you mention MMA?
0: I don't remember. Probably yeah. going in. You the You said cage. the scariest <laughs> thing you've ever done was
1: get into an MMA cage. Yeah. Uh, this is right up there. It is.
0: That For was. Me anyway.
1: as, that takes as much guts, in my opinion. If. <laughs> You know, I've been around fighters and all that stuff, and man, I don't know <laughs> if they could do what you did. I don't know. That took real guts. Oh, so, it did,
0: and I loved it. Yeah, it I like, fun. you know, putting my guts up there. All right, without further ado, it is with great delight that I present to you Raziel Moore's Close Enough, narrated by my very own big daddy, Dave Carraway.
1: I'm nervous.
2: (laughs) Close Enough by Raziel Moore Cool cord and hot skin, and already my heart is beating fast. I loop the rope snug around her wrist. She barely moves, but she watches me. Tying off, her neutral gaze follows my hands as I raise her arm and tie it to the headboard post. No complaint. No encouragement. But she's breathing deeper. Why I'd asked. Why she said yes. Asked and answered two evenings ago, but other questions remained unanswerable until now. Her other hand clasps mine briefly before I begin binding it. She'd said,
0: I wouldn't let anyone else.
2: And I almost weep, then and there. Her second wrist secure, I run my finger around the border of rope and skin. Am I not equally bound at this moment, constrained by the trust I have somehow earned? Well, no. Of course not the question makes me chuckle and she quirks an eyebrow why explain how about instead i glide my hand down her arm across cheek across breast pausing pausing and then down her sides to hips fabric silk-like between her skin and mine a blouse now a skirt that I smooth down over her thigh until reaching the hem and a stocking lower down. It's only on the second ankle, her last free limb when she tenses, and almost resistance, I feel it, but she relaxes before I have to tighten my grip. Her expression isn't quite so detached anymore, but I don't recognize it. A new, unfamiliar look after a year of knowing each other I inhale deep. So does she. I finish winding. Stretching her leg to tie off the rope to the fourth post on the bed, I encounter the limits of her skirt. Keeping the tension in the rope and the room, I push the hem up one thigh, then the other, until I have enough space. When I'm done, I sit back and watch her test. Stocking to feet flexing, arms and legs tightening and pulling in turn, and together. She's not going anywhere. Her breath comes just faster than mine. Her skirt is just above the tops of her thigh highs. The little band of exposed skin makes me growl inside. And I don't restrain myself from running a finger across it. Mine. Yes, she says. I smile as if her agreement meant anything right now. As if she could grant or forbid me anything. She is too clothed. Her blouse unbuttons smoothly and opens up like a present. Underneath, lace-covered breasts soft against my palms. Hardening nipples draw a hiss from her when I pinch them gently. Then less gently. Enough to get her attention. Enough to make her gasp. My first unfairness. I hold the stiffened nubs trapped, captive between my fingers, simply... Because I can. It's not that we don't play rough sometimes, but there's a difference now. This isn't give and take, this isn't partnership, this is inescapability. I could if I were that kind of man. I could. Do you love? No, I'm not that kind of man. Do I? One little last squeeze and I relax my pinch, sliding my palms down, ribs, and stomach to the waist of her skirt. Buttons unfasten along one side as I kiss below her navel. I press my lips down against the rise and fall of her diaphragm as I open and spread the skirt to either side. More lace, a pretty gift I got her in the spring that she gifts back to me sometimes. She's quiet. So quiet, but tense now. Taut muscles beneath the skin, under my kiss. Mine, I whisper just above her womb. Watching her, tracing the lines of her arms and legs with my eyes. They flex as she pulls. She's squirming just a little. How often do I just watch her, after all, when she knows I'm watching her? Still, too much in the way. In the bedside table drawer in the sewing kit, there are fabric shears. Hey, she says. She knows me, probably guessed what I'm going for as soon as I open the drawer. I smile at her reproach, not because she's wrong, but she's not exactly right either. She scowls in turn. And our reactions feed on each other, as if I might be enjoying this too much. Maybe I am. We'll get you new, I say as I pull the blade out of the kit box. Her scowl vanishes into widened eyes. It's not the shears, rather the knife I bought yesterday and put there. Premeditation. Not a kitchen implement, a small, wicked-looking point, glass-sharp on the interior curve. With exaggerated care, I position it on her stomach before putting away the kit, artfully pointing the tip up at her heart and bring out the last few pieces of rope. This part is gratuitous, the very reason the need is so compelling. I start the loop above her knee, wind and pull to the side, tying to one foot of the bed. Now she resists. The blade resting on her moves as she pulls against me. Is it uncertainty? Doubt? I try to read her mind and fail, just as she fails to keep me from doing what I want. And in a couple of minutes more, she is splayed for me on her bed, presented. It's not that she wasn't already open, accessible, it's that now, There's not even the teeniest sliver of doubt about why. I'm constructing an elaborate, obvious chain of prurient inevitability. It's obscene. Not quite obscene enough. The handle of the blade is half warm now from resting on her. It's smooth like her but not soft. The blade is sharp, like her, but both only cut when the edge is placed against something. I place the blunt side against her stomach and slide it upward. She raises her head, looking down her body at the approaching point, inhaling only shallowly, as if to keep her skin as far from it as she can. The blade passes between her ribs, and how close is this to gutting? I stop almost flinging the knife away. A dozen heartbeats of mental excavation unearth my desire. The true form of its buried layers, the angle of the blade, mere tool, remains unchanged. But while I dally and brood, her breath has stopped, held during my internal inquisition, until I start moving again as before. The tip slides between her breasts, blade biting and cutting the fabric like it was a spiderweb springing open. I don't stop. Don't lift away. Point almost under her chin and pause there. Will she turn away? Bare her neck? No. She looks at me and I can't know what she's thinking. Only what I wish her to. If there were ever a moment for me to be uncertain of what I could do would do This is it. She gave me this chance to reach it. I want her, just for this shared instant, not to be certain it was the wisest gift to give. I turn the blade, slide it along under her collarbone until it slices through the shoulder strap, then down under her armpit for the unnecessary cut to the side strap. I have to hold the cup to let the blade catch the fabric and toss it away once it's completely free. Another circle of the knife rids the other cup the same way until I've exposed both lovely breasts. I drag the dull edge and face of the blade slowly across, pressing each nipple down in turn. The metal could scratch, cut, but can't feel her. So aside it goes in favor of fingers, tongue, teeth, and savory, sloppy indulgence. She barely makes a sound, even when I nip, but she's flushed when I raise my head. Soft skin, slick, under my hands. Light red marks under my fingers, where my teeth had been less gentle, but could have done more. Could have. Could still. I slide a hand down her sweat-damp skin to the hollow between hip bone and stomach, insinuating fingers under the waistband of her panties and lower until they curl into the wetness between her spread legs. I smile at her, but she's not smiling back. Close my eyes and sigh, curling a finger into her, squeezing the breast in my other hand. She draws air sharply and squeezes my finger, but presses her hips down, into the bed, as if to get away. Not happening. But I growl anyway, and push deeper, rubbing against her clit, just so. The blade is in my other hand, sharp end, dipping, cutting through the lace as my finger fucks. Three slices, slow, so that the give of the lace's texture translates up the handle. The proximity of the edge to the sweet softness is a contrast sharp enough to cut me inside. Literary and psychoanalytic metaphors and imagery rise and mock me as I discard the destroyed undergarment. And so I tossed the blade, too. The question it posed, answered. Did she even know there had been a question Would she have still said yes, if she had? I could ask her. I don't. Our silence has the air of challenge and ritual, both. Here she is, my offering. Blushing, hips moving now with the rhythm of my finger. We've done this before. Unbound, slow, and teasing. Smiling, and sweating, and mutual. Ritual, yes. But this is different, perhaps only to me. But I don't think so. She pulls against the ropes and grits her teeth, panting through them, a harsher sound of forced air. This isn't fair exchange. It's me taking. Heady disequilibrium. Two fingers pushing deep, curling, dragging along the roof of her cunt until the slippery texture changes subtly against the pads of my fingers, thumb swiping over her soft, hard clit. It's one of the magic formulas, coupled with the teasing and pulling at one nipple, then the other. The conclusion is foregone. She pulls the ropes, challenging the impossibility of being able to stop me or change anything. She moans a plaintive, wordless sound as she flexes her hips, trying to withdraw her mound from my relentless fingers, and then shuddering and rising to them, pushing against me. Her breath falters, inner walls fluttering against my fingers, harbingers of the first tight, tight squeeze of her orgasm. She closes her eyes, starting to buck turning her head away, but I grab her hair and twist her back to me, crushing my lips against hers as she comes. Her cry explodes into my mouth, and I muffle her sounds, devour them, her tensing muscles press against me everywhere I can touch her. Cunt around fingers, abdomen against forearm, lips against lips. Then the shuddering slows, I slip my fingers from her slowly, letting the last contractions push them out. Sitting up, dragging wet fingertips up her belly before raising them to my lips, I make a display of tasting her on me, but my pleasure at her taste is not a show. Mine. Unspoken now, implicit. The word permeates the negative space between us, binding her to me as surely as the ropes tie her to this bed. She's slack as I undress, but her eyes follow me. I'm neither making a show of it, nor hiding my arousal from her. If there had been any doubt whether I was done, it is dispelled now. I ache. I want her so, but that's still annoyingly nebulous. What do I want, exactly, truly? I still do not know. Her brow and cheeks are damp against the backs of my fingers. I smooth away tussled hair, turning towards her, stroking, rubbing down the sides of her neck, to shoulders, up her arms, kneading, pressing to wrists wrapped in rope. I kneel between her splayed legs and arch over her. I know what my body wants, cock pointing down at her as I intertwine my fingers in hers and hold them as I kiss her again until her fingers squeeze mine and she kisses back. Part of me wants her to mean it. Part of me wants her to not. Not being able to tell fulfills and frustrates both parts, and I stop, pull back, and drag my fingers down her arms to her sides. My nails are short because I bite them, a habit she doesn't care for, but one that serves her well now because I don't scratch her too hard even though scratching is my intent. My palms settle on her hip bones and grip. Then I raise and slap them down below on the fleshy part just to hear the sound. I like it. I like it a lot. Her soft inner thighs beckon and I have to feel them against my palms creating pink handprints against them, one next to the other, one side, then the other, until her skin glows even hotter to the touch than before. She's so stoic, letting out only little gasps when I sting a particularly sensitive spot. I don't know if she thinks she's keeping something from me. I don't care. I'm not looking for her to scream or to protest or to give in. None of those things really matter to me. The pain I might be giving from the slaps is incidental. It didn't even occur to me at first that pain might be involved with that sound and sensation against my hand. What do I need? I need her to not know what's next, just as I don't. As the marks of my hands bloom on her, I need her to know I hadn't planned to do it, and then I'm a little bit afraid. So she should be, too. What do I want? I want synchronicity. I want us to be in the same place, thinking the same thing, thinning the membrane between us until it is so tenuous we can imagine it doesn't exist. But that's the closest we can ever be. When I stop, her legs and thighs are splotchy red, hot to my cheek. When I lay it on her skin, My nose is inches from her slit. She glistens there, drops of her witness telling me what her voice won't or can't. I'm salivating. I rub my cheek against her thigh, scratching it, turning to rest my lips and teeth against the softness before I bite until she inhales through her teeth, until I feel the muscles beneath tense, then strain. Until her scream snaps me out of it and I rear back, inspecting to see if I've broken skin, while she curses and pulls ineffectively. It's going to be a hell of a bruise later. Fuck this. I'm playing games. I want her. I've always wanted her, even before I knew her. And she has never been more mine than right now. I roll to a kneel between her legs and then lean forward, palms pressing down on the mattress on either side of her. Lean forward until my head is right above her.
0: That fucking hurt.
2: Her watering eyes are not quite accusing, but they're not soft. I know. I'm sorry. She snorted. You're
0: not sorry.
2: I'm not sorry. My words are uninflected. I'm busy feeling the air between us, illuminated by her glare. Bastard. The tip of my cock nudges her slit, the barest contact, but I feel it all up and down my spine. And perhaps she does too. I don't think I've even been this hard, this channeled, this howling to be inside her, moving my hips fraction by fraction to push her plump lips open splitting in two because I simultaneously want to plunge to the root in her in one savage thrust and, at the same time, loiter and wallow in every millimeter of penetrating her. My arms and legs are shaking like I've just finished a hundred push-ups, but it isn't fatigue. I feel strong like a coiled spring, a firecracker with a fuse long lit. She parts around me. Silky wet. Always a beautiful snug fit. Her cunt is tighter, harder going if she's already come first. The resistance and its inevitable defeat is so delicious. Her breath catches as my cockhead stretches her hips twitching under me as if she's unsure whether to shy away or buck up toward me as if either could change anything that's different we've fucked sloth slow before but not like this every movement is intent made manifest every slick slip of me into her is me taking what i want how i want and i want to feel every little bit of it head of my cock disappears into her with the tiniest wet sound, and she squirms, tests the ropes again, flutters beneath me, pushes her hips up, and I move with her, just sinking a little more into her.
0: Bastard! Yes. Fuck me.
2: Yes. But slow, how I want to. My heart is co-conspirator, every beat pushing more than just blood, pushing me in just the least bit more. The give of her, the opening of her, every bit of her inner muscles against my shaft, every squeeze. How many times have we fucked, and yet this feels like the first? The falling into her feeling of two bodies seeking to occupy the same space, well, One body seeking, the other sought. Staring blind, I am aware of her face, her eyes, but I don't see them. All attention focuses without irony between our legs and clutching heat. My capacity for similes evaporates as each new nerve-ending touching her tells me its own story. Until her exaltation against my face makes me blink. I am rooted in her, my pelvis pushing her hard down into the bed, as if mashing ourselves together would get me any deeper, any more inside, as if it would break the last impossible barrier between us. Close enough, but only because it has to be. She squeezes me hard with the only free muscles she has, and they are captive in their own way. I lean down to kiss her, mash my lips against her, and weigh my body on her. I've made her into a thing to fuck, to take, to possess. But always more than that, because it's her. She bites my lip, hard. I think it's my automatic recoil that opens the skin, bringing my hand to it to see the red bead and then look at her wide-eyed. Satisfaction on her face? Defiance? (laughs) I can't read it, and I start laughing. Tied, pinned, and fucked, and she draws my blood. I laugh full, loud, pressing against her, a drop running down my chin, and there, Maybe her first unambiguous, uncertain look. A tiny shiver through her body. I don't know what I'm about to do because of this, and neither does she. Now when all my control theatrics, all my elaborate play, is given the lie, just in that moment, she gives me what I want. I love her, and I'm fucking her. Hard, body jarring hard, pushing her body against the rope's restraint with each stab into her. The noises of wet skin plunging and slapping. My fists gripped the sheets to either side of her, reddening them where my fingers had explored my lip. My language is the ineloquence of snarls and grunts. Hers is the sharp exultations, as if my fucking is forcing the air from her lungs. Flecks of red from my lip appear on her chest, and she squeezes me every time I bury myself in her. The head of my cock bumps hard against her cervix, and we both jolt, not from pleasure. The sensation is other. Her sound changes. This low, wounded grunt. I feel like a battering ram, and I don't stop. I won't ever stop. My hand is on her chest, smearing red against her skin, feeling the rocking of her body in reaction to me, sliding upward until my fingers are at her throat, curving just so to the perfect grip, if I wanted to use it. My other hand is at her wrist, wrapping around the rope that holds her, as if she could still get away from me, as if she might want to, as if I could stop her. Her eyes are soft wet and soft and open, and looking at me. Right there, fucking and falling into her. Then she's looking past me, arching in her captivity, coming with desperate noise. She squeezes me inside like a fist, and I fuck her through it. Beyond pleasure and beyond the two of us, I'm just the thing fucking her right now. The thing driving into her, overwhelming, about to be lost myself, about to lose her to the moment when everything goes away. She becomes the thing I come into, what I feel. What I am bared to. I'm filling her, mashing hard against, bruising us both, trying to break something. She's there and not there, and I see her and I don't see her, but I feel. Heat wrapped around my cock, pulse and cord against my fingers, the moment of pure sensation where there are no barriers. But we still Can't cross into each other. At that perfect receptive instant, we're turned inward instead of out. She comes into focus again, though I've been staring at her the whole time. The huff of respiration emerges through the sound of blood in my ears. A drop of my sweat falls to get lost in her hair. I can't read her. I couldn't if I tried. I don't need to. I move my hands from her, to either side, sphinx-like, but still rooted, our muscles still twitching against each other, invisibly. Yours. It's a hoarse whisper from her, and I'm kissing her again, ignoring the sting of my lip, a sob threatening to escape me into her. Her lips are soft, so soft. I nuzzle into her neck and let my weight settle over her, draining out just for a short while I don't want to squish her after all She turns her lips to my ear
0: and mine
2: I hum into her neck and nod For Stupid Fish Productions, this is Big Daddy.
0: All right, you guys, that was Raziel Morse, close enough. Please, please, please feel free to email Big Daddy at thekissmequicks at gmail.com and let him know how sexy his voice was, Um, because it was. I really liked it a lot and I know you guys will too. Um, He will definitely be up for narrating more by Raziel more (laughs) Uh, in the future. So, you know, sit tight for that.
1: Yeah, well, it's really about Raziel's work. Oh no, I already cleared it with him and he said yes. (laughs) It's strong. Like, you know, it's really good. So I I think it's really strong writing.
0: Yeah, he's a very um, deep, deliberate writer. And I like that. I think you two do well together. Um, So if you want to get in touch, again, that email is thekissmequicks at gmail.com. You guys can find us over at Facebook and on Twitter. We've got two Twitter handles, at Rose Carraway and at The KMQ. Follow, babies. And you guys, if you want more sexy words by Raziel Moore, head over to his website, eroticwriter.wordpress.com. His pseudonym there is Monocle. And you guys can follow him on Twitter at underscore M-O-N-O-C-L-E underscore. That's at Monocle. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed that sexy story. Go grab your copy of The Sexy Librarian's Dirty 30 Volume 1 over in Audible. Subscribe right now and you can get it for free. It's 10 and a half sexy fucking hours that you will enjoy. If you guys have already gotten your copy of my Dirty 30 anthology, just go to Audible and type in Rose Caraway and the whole big fat list will pop up of everything else that I've narrated and I would greatly appreciate your support. All right, you sexy lurid listeners, love ya! See you soon. I'd like to thank the following musical artist, the one and only Nine Inch Nails, and the feature credit song, "Discipline," from Nine Inch Nails album, "The Slip." The Kiss Me Quicks is produced by Big Daddy Dave Caraway. stupid fish
2: her inner muscles against my shaft every squeeze how many times are we fucked and yet this feels like the first falling into falling into
1: <laughs> oh my fucking god this is so hard Ugh.
2: <laughs> uh.